So what's up guys, Jason Payne, your host of the Sexy Business Status Podcast. I'm here with uh, my friend Evan Ritchie of Coconut Cleaning. So I want to act like I've known Evan for years, we've been super tight buddies, we go golfing, no dude, I literally met him for the first time like three hours ago. Now we've been talking for two hours uh, before we press record, just catching up and name dropping but in a fun way because we have a lot of close circles and buddies and a lot of history, a lot of stories related with those people in those environments. And so uh, certain things we don't want to bring on cameras on your business, no offense. But um, dude, thanks for being on, man. Thanks for having me. It's been, I've loved the first two hours and just seeing everything that you're doing, I appreciate you bringing me on. Yeah, so it's, um, so I know, obviously you guys see the blue vans, right? Coconut, Green Mango, Fest Control, and the, uh, the, the black, matte black trucks um, cruising around. So Evan and, and Cam, they, they own those. And it's just, it's awesome to see guys my age that are just crushing them. You see some of these other guys in these big businesses that are doing like, I uh, mentioned Ken Goodrich, and those guys, I mean, I don't know how Ken is, but he's gotta be in his 50s yeah, at least, 50s, right? Yeah. Tommy's young, Tommy's in his 40s. But, um, but it's just nice to see the guys like our age that like, dude, there is no limit on success. There's no limit on dollar amount, like you can do anything. Right, but it's like, how bad do you want it? Yeah, is that crazy? Yeah, truly, yeah, truly, those guys paved the way, but the acceleration of rapid success is, I think, increased exponentially. One, a lot, I think, in a lot of ways because of those guys, but also just people networking, getting close to each other, and having a good product, and just moving. Yeah. So we we're talking off camera about the power of networking and and really putting yourself out there, right? Because if you're an introvert, naturally, it's okay that you're an introvert. It's not okay that you allow yourself to stay an introvert when it comes to business and using that as a crutch for you not to become the best version of yourself, crush your goals, and, and do something amazing in life because you're a quieter type or you don't like big crowds or whatever. My wife is a massive introvert, but she does really, really well in small groups. So we take her to my 700 person event in January of the 450 in, in July, you go to the Limitless one, they're shooting with me and there's 7,000 people there, oh, nice. okay. right? So you go to all those, like she like shuts down hardcore. She's very quiet, like- Like clingy on to you? Uh, not, not physically, but just like, almost like on her phone, like go, nobody talk to me, go away. Gotcha. But then you go to the VIP lunch and there's only 50 people in there and it's quiet and it's chill and there's a seven or eight person round table, opens up like a flower and kills it. Right, we have these after parties or the VIP parties or these lunches where it's more condensed and, and fewer people. And it's more intimate. Yeah. She comes out, she kills it, absolutely kills it. And that's kind of thing where like, with what you've done with Coconut and the culture and building that team up and the retention that you guys have is just amazing. Talk to us like, what, what would you recommend to people in the past 12 months, like your entire life has changed yes. in amazing ways. Um, both business, personal, all that kind of stuff. What advice would you give? So those that are listening, small business owners, right? That are most of them doing anywhere from a half a million to two or three million dollars in revenue. Yeah. Um, they want to grow. They want to scale. They want to, you know, just kick butt and do build something worth worth building and selling. And we'll get into that in a minute too, right? Building a business that's actually worth selling instead of just, you know, being an owner operator. That's when your business is worth nothing at yes. the end of the day. Um, what advice would you give to them? to building a team, you have, how many employees do you have? 60. You have 60, right? That's that's 60 personalities yeah. and attitudes and behaviors and all that. How does someone like you in that position with 60 employees, 
How do you navigate that on a day in day basis? Um, I heard a principal by Jocko Willink maybe six, seven years ago, right as we were starting Coconut, where he said that the most effective leaders, I think it was a study done by Stanford or Harvard, one of those schools, where he said the most effective leaders manage seven people or less. And so I always knew at whatever level of business that no one would manage more than seven people because Jocko it was a Navy SEAL, but he also he owns multiple companies. I'm like, if this guy's 50 or 60 years old and he's learned not only in his own experience implementing that, but also if enough money has been poured into a study, I'm not even going to risk trying to squeeze a manager to, more, to manage 12 or 13 just because I get more. I'd rather just trust the, what other people have done, especially people that I trust, sure. and I've always stuck to, I never want to personally be responsible for more than seven people, mm. and I've stuck to that since day one, but we've always made sure that any time we reach a manager now has eight people to manage, we'll make a new manager, and now two people will manage four people until they can grow their teams up to seven, mm. and we've okay. kept to that. But. Um, that's I've never heard that before. That's amazing. Yeah. It's funny you said it because I only have I have four under under me. Yeah. Like I have eighty one and eighty two employees now. Yeah. So like I only I only have four or so that re report to me for lack of better words. But then underneath them, I was like, one of them has one, one of them has seven, six to well six to eight. Uh, one of them has one two three four five. Yeah, uh, no more than seven, and then. On the production side, we have like 40 guys there, but I have five, so five times seven is 35 plus my manager, that's another seven, so yeah. It's, it's you say that in more or less, it, I don't know the exact number, but it sounds pretty dang accurate, but that makes sense, because you can all, uh, there's only a certain point, like I manage 200 people, no you don't, you and it, you can't, or you lose control, right? right? And so you gotta be careful doing that, that's crazy, so seven to one ratio, I love that. Um, Talk to me about your culture. Why do people love, when they come work for you, you've only lost four or five or six people in last six years. the last six years. That's like unheard of, right? Especially in blue collar, I would say low paying, but hourly type positions, not big, huge, you know, CEO, you know, six figure type jobs. Um, how do you get someone to go, come and stay at Coconut? That's a good question. Uh, I, I've learned from so many people, there's a quote by Isaac Newton where he says, if I've seen further, it's by standing on the shoulders of giants. So by, by all means, anything I'm going to share is a collection of observation, one, not only through Cameron, but also just through a lot of people, and now like as I'm meeting you, but how we've maintained our culture here at Coconut, it was first and foremost, my own effort in my own experience as an employee to say, I never... Like, I just remember reflecting as I, was, as I was starting Coconut, and I was like, what do I want to be known for in my leadership? And I, I looked back at the last few, like, bosses that I had, and I took some of the qualities that I loved from them, but I also took some of the principles where I was like, I never want to treat someone like that. I always want to make sure that anyone who comes into Coconut has a, has a complete path for growth, not only financially, but also consistent, continuing education on, you might be a marketer, you might like sales, you might like the technical side, you might like management. And so I've always made sure, one, that when people come in, they're treated with respect, like kind of like what you said off camera, where you had mentioned that you always wanted to make sure that anyone that, that, that they run into you in public, whether they're you know some sort of like small figure person in terms of finances or success, but also like to the biggest people that you want to treat them the same.
totally. And so I, I made a huge effort to make sure that everyone that came through our door, still to this day, like I meet with them on the first day, I talk with them, uh, we get a good idea of what they want to accomplish now, but also where they want to go. And even if it's, uh, hey, I want to be an attorney in a year, I don't try to detract them away from that. I say, hey, like, here are some things that you can learn here that would help you as an attorney. And what ends up happening is that these same people see that the amount of investment put into them, not only through company parties, recognition, hey, we're doing you know, birthday celebrations, hey, your wife was in a car accident, all of a sudden we, all the team of managers know and that person's getting dinner every night for a week or two. And it's just something that as people saw how I was treating them, now those same seven people that I work with and manage, like they're doing it in their own way, in their own Love respective it. way. Love and so everyone's ideas for how they take care of people, I let them, I let them run with it. It's, it's it's interesting you say that because one of our one of my it's a, it should be a core value, but I just came up with it just a little bit ago, is and I got it from somebody I don't know who, so I can't take the credit, but caught not taught. Caught not taught, like they see, they saw like those seven that report to you that are underneath you in regards to leadership and, and delegation. Those seven see you doing, you know, doing the dinners, doing the parties, doing the appreciation stuff, and then from there they see that, right? It wasn't like you need to do this, 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 this. You just start doing it. And they're like, oh, I should do that. So I do, I'm doing 100 push-ups a day every day. I've been wanting. Yeah, since like August. Yeah. So I'm like 5,000 push-ups deep Jeez. since August, right? Apart from my normal workouts and walks and all that kind of stuff. And my, my wife, I, I had my wife on a podcast a couple weeks ago, and I wasn't sure if it was true or not, but I was like, did I ask you to do it? And she's like, I think you did, but either way, she's, she's done it on her own, never missed a day. Um, my kids. The push-ups? Push-ups. Oh my gosh, okay. My wife's done over 5,000 push-ups. Oh my yeah. gosh, okay. Yeah, and before, and she does, uh, she'll do a handful of them on her feet, and then she goes to knees assistant, yeah. but she couldn't even do one, um, not, uh, not assistant. Yeah. And now she's like, now she can do a ton of yeah. And so, but like my kids will catch me. So I have a little push-up, a little plastic thingy. I don't know what it's called, but um, my six-year-old was like, hey, uh, will you give me 500 bucks if I do 50 a day every day through the end of the year? And I promised my employees, and I had like 15 to 20 of them do it, and now we're down to like five. But I was like, hey, I'll give you $1,000 if you do 100 push-ups a day every single day, and you don't miss. After. I don't care if you're sick, I don't care if you're traveling, I don't care, no matter what happens. You have to do 100 push-ups every single day. I love that. So I've done like five people, and I've had people say, "Oh, well, what if I what if I double down? Like I missed yesterday, I was sick, I was on vacation, whatever." I was like, "Nope, you're out," because I want the consistency. Uh, because it's hard to do something like that and be consistent. It's only 100 push-ups. That it's not the it's not the 100 push-ups is the hard part. It's never miss a day for like 150 almost half the year. Yeah, I mean, literally. Yeah, inconvenience. That's, yeah, that's, inconvenience. that's the hard yeah. part. It's like 75 hardly. Yes. It's hard, like you can do it on the days where it's convenient, but the true test is when you do it on days where it's extremely convenient. Yeah, so go back to, so bring this circling back to where you said about culture is like, I show my team that I wanna work out. I show my team that I'm crazy about health and fitness and exercise, and I know that just like Andy Elliott, right? You coach with them, I coach with them. Um, he, he teaches that, he's like, dude, if you get more chiseled and more ripped, you will make more money. Yeah. Like it is a legitimate thing because there's consistency and there's discipline that bleeds into the workspace from that discipline and that consistency, right? So you lost a couple pounds yes. in the past year? So this is two years ago now. Two years ago. Yeah. How much did you, how much weight did you lose? So I lost 70 pounds in 69 days. Uh, basically a pound a day. Yes. Which some people say, it, like you can't do it, it's impossible, 
you got surgery, all that kind of stuff. What? Did, first of all, it, it was a deal. You had a deal with somebody, right? You made a comp- yeah. It was a. Um, so one, I'm like that too. Like, tell me I can't do something, and then watch me do it, yeah. right? But if you say, you know, we're gonna go do this and this and this, I'm like, oh, cool. I'm not gonna do it. But like, you say, hey, you can't do this. I'm like, excuse me. Yeah. Like, huh, hold my beer. Yep. Let's roll, right? So that was motivation for it. But like, what kind of discipline did it require? Because when you were that heavy, and you know, you're 100 pounds overweight, for lack of better words, or where you wanted to be, yeah. like, you don't all of a sudden just have this massive discipline to go and do it because if you did, you wouldn't be that heavy in the first place, yeah. right? Yeah. So how so how does that? Because that that's it wasn't like over a year or two or three. That's less than three months. Yeah. So in less than a quarter, yeah. you you're able to do that. What does that look like? So. Um, something I always preach to my guys that I got called out on and what really engaged my ego to do it was I always tell my employees like how you do one thing is how you do everything Oof. and my business partner at the time said Evan you kill it in business you kill it in your work ethic you're a great father you're a great husband I just want to let you know that you are evidence that your quote isn't true I'm like what are you talking about He's like, well, you kill it in there, but you're fat. So clearly, how you do one thing isn't how you do everything. Yeah. I'm like, I don't like that at all. Brutal truth. Yes. And and I didn't respond, but he made a bet. And I personally don't smoke marijuana. No judgments if you do. But sure. because I was adamant about not, he said, hey, 90 days, three months, you know, lose 70 pounds. And I'm like, done. Especially because I truly live to my employees like, hey, if you're honest at work, you're going to be honest in your home, you're going to be honest how you do it if you work hard. And so when he said that, it almost was like dissonance for me where I was like, like, I truly reflected on, okay, I know I work hard. I know I give my kids everything I got. I, but my health took a seat in the back burner and it was, it was more so like any opportunity I could just get a quick snack at a gas station because eating was inconvenient to me at the time where I was like quick snack quick thing on little rolling things at QT yeah. and then go um, rolling and, things on QT yeah, whatever, those, so whatever those are so really the, 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 the pizza slices yes or the hot dogs give me everything but it was David Goggins who gave me the math uh, through social media where he sure. said if you burn 3500 calories like everyone who loses a pound who loses a pound they lost 3,500 calories. Mm -hmm. So they were in a deficit of 3,500 calories. Some people do it once a week. So what that means is over the seven days, they ate 2,000 calories a day, 14,000, but they they burned 15,000 or Mm 17,500. And so I was like, how many calories could I burn in a day? So I knew I wanted to eat at a bare minimum 1,500 calories a day. And so what I did on the very first day after making that bet, is I ran until my Apple Watch said 5,000 calories, and for me it was 12 miles. 12 miles. It took 12 miles for me. That's to burn. three hours. Yes. Ish. Yes. So I, I I have a I have a weighted vest, yeah, like a 35, that's 40 pound vest, and I do two like 2.4, 2.5 miles, and it's about 45 minutes. Yeah. So it's I mean, and I'm I'm about 18 minute miles. Yeah. And it's, it's a decent walk. I'm also on social media, I'm on a podcast, so I'm not like sprinting or like trying to, you know, there's no finish line yeah. per se, but that's 18 minutes. So you're telling me 12 miles, that, that's hours plural yes. a day. Yes. 
I knew with my work conditions and my at-home conditions with my kids and the time they needed, I didn't have three hours, I had one. So I found a way to knock 500 to 800 out in the morning through one hour of HIIT training at a gym mm. at like 4.35 in the morning. Because my kids aren't up, so I'm like, your employees aren't up, your wife's no not up, up, no one's up. No one's up, how, can I, how can I squeeze in, how can I shave an hour off at night? It was HIIT training, so at 5 a.m. I would go down to TI Fitness with Terrence and do 500, 800 calories because my day was very sedentary. It was very much like five to 15 meetings a day. Even when I wasn't doing a meeting, it was like trainings. I didn't move a lot. And so I was burning maybe 100 to 300 calories just like breathing. And at the end of every night, I'd get home 5.30, 6 o'clock, hang out with my kids till 7, 8 o'clock, and I would run till 10, 10.30 every night. But here's what sucked is if I did something with my kids late or with family late, I would get home at 9 or 10. I would still do the 10 miles. That's what I had to finish with every night uh, for 69 days straight, and I lost 70 pounds. Just walking? Uh, yeah, it was probably walking. If someone was observing me, it was probably walking. Yeah, yeah. In my mind, I, I think yeah, I'm looking at Rocky yeah. running up the stairs, but it, it was probably like a brisk walk. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because my what I found out when you weigh what I weighed, that first three knees. weeks, my knee, I I don't cry. I cry like uh, more from a end past standpoint too much, but uh, physical pain has never really been like an aspect where like I cry about it. Mm. Um, but there were probably two or three nights in the first three or four weeks where I broke down and cried because my body hurt so much. And I knew, I was like, I'm gonna lose this bet. It's gonna reinforce what he said. And, and it almost, I almost thought I was gonna change my identity if I didn't do it. But my legs were like edema, swollen, and I would finish sometimes at midnight, 12.30. I'm like, I have to get up in four hours to do this again. And I, there was three or four nights in that first couple of weeks where I just, I was at the park running, walking, and I just cried because it was pain. But I, I, I didn't want to lose the bet, and I wanted to prove to myself that how I do everything is how, yeah, how I do one thing is how I do everything. That's insane. That's so good. I, lo I love stories like that. I've never been like that extreme, but like I said, I lost 27 pounds, and they call it a skinny fat. You heard that before? So uh, Natalie Dawson actually brought that up to me, uh, and, and she has actually has a full podcast on it because there's all these ladies that are skinny but they're like fat. Like yeah, you, like you could run a mile if you wanted to, but you don't. You know, you don't have this big huge inner tube, and you're not you know 200 pounds. But like you literally, yeah, you walk up the stairs and you're gonna pass out because you literally, you haven't, yeah, you know, you don't exercise or anything, so you call it skinny fat. And so that's how I felt. Like I was never, I never, I don't recall anybody ever saying, bro, like you put on some weight, man, or like bro, you need to lose some pounds. Ever, Absolutely. but internally, internally, I was like, dude, because I know what my body's capable of. I ran a four five forty in college, played baseball, three percent body fat, six pack. I was on a Hollister bag, like, oh, like I looked like I looked like gangster, Dang. right? Okay. Um, it, from my senior year, and I played a semester up at EA in Thatcher baseball. Nice. Okay. And so that that was what I was like, so I know what my body's capable of, and I'm like. Why am I doing it right now? It's like, well, yeah, because I don't just work out all day and go play baseball all day. But it's like my body is still capable of doing it. Right. Is my mind capable of doing it? Right. The answer is no, and that's why I hadn't done it. 
And so I've lost that. And so I've, I've been under 200 for a long time. And I'm starting, like I said, the 100 push-ups. I've done 75 hard. One, two, I've done it five times, completed it three times. Um, but like... Have you done like the live hard or whatever it is? The, the phases? Yeah. I, I did the phases. I did like five or 10 days and then I just kind of stopped how deal. Or you can you can wait for a while and then I just wait like, oh, whatever, I won't you know, do it again. Yeah. So because from phase one to two to three, you have to wait like 30 days in between. Yeah. But after the 75, you can do phase one literally on day 76. And so some people will keep doing that. And so I would just take a break. Um, but more, it was more of like the discipline and the routine where my wife now works out four to five, six days a week. Sometimes she does two a days, right? Like, it, and and my wife was skinny fat. She was like never, never overweight. Uh, she got bigger when she had, we had, she had babies and um, she wanted to get rid of the baby fat when she was done having four kiddos. But like, it, it's, it's just, she literally even said on the podcast, she's like, I had to remarry myself with food. I had to re recommit my, my relationship with food. Yeah. What were you going to say about well, that? I was going to ask, like, did you have anybody? What was so funny for me was no one said anything watching me gain weight. Sure. And I think it's because I, I'm around a lot of people I love. Like, I, yeah, at the time, my wife, kids, like, uh, see my mom, dad, no one said anything. And everyone had something to say when they saw me like are you okay and I'd be like oh I'm actually doing this like so proud of myself and they're like that's not healthy right. I'm like neither is being 290 pounds like that yeah. but everyone had something to say when I told them what I was doing to lose the weight I I don't know what I, I've really taken from that uh, but I just remember feeling like man I'm so proud of myself for what I've done the last two three four five weeks and anyone that's like complimenting me it's always followed up with like that's not healthy what you're doing and i'm like hey you didn't say anything when i gained all this weight and yeah. now i'm losing it and yeah, it's, it's not healthy it says who right it says it says the person who's not working out it says the person who's also overweight right. it says the person who has also given up on their dreams that's why i hate that's why like they talk about how people when you go in front we talk off camera like circle to circle as you as you grow and mature you're gonna outgrow your circle of friends you just are and some of them have outgrown you and you either don't know it or don't care to see it or your ego's not in check and so but as you go from these different circles as you develop as you age as you mature and as you as you do bigger things you're going to outgrow those people if they're not growing as well yeah. and so that's what happens is like I had two, I've had two people tell me doing 100 push-ups a day one guy is like dude he's like you're gonna injure yourself dude I think David Goggins right and I'm like bro shut up a hundred push-ups, not a thousand, like a hundred push-ups a day. Like, come on. Is this someone who's fit by chance or not? No! Okay. Of course. Right? And it's one, and another one is my sister's friend who said, oh yeah, he shouldn't do that. It's not good for his, for his body, this and that. And I'm like, dude, you show me anybody that's a legit trainer that does that stuff that says 100, like a hundred, not 500. Like, well, your body needs recoup and needs rest. And then I'm like, dude, it's like going for a walk for a mile every day. So I'm like, you shouldn't walk a mile every day. You should, you should have a rest day. I'm like, I work out on Sundays. Like, you didn't rest day. A rest day from what? Like, that's just your mind just playing mind games with you. Or those other people that don't want to do it. They're like, have you ever done 100 push-ups a day every day for for 45 or 60 or 90 days? No, you can't. You're literally don't even want the crap you're talking about because you've never done it. Right. Right. 75 hard is bad for you, bro. You got, you can't even do seven hard, let alone 75 hard. And it's like, is it egotistical of me to have a dick? I'm very trans, I'm very blunt. I would have been like, dude, it was like, I'm almost, I've, 
I have attracted and basically inherited Andy Elliott's thinking of like, dude, you need to lose weight now. Right when he walked in, I'm like, oh, before he told me he lost 100 pounds, I was like, holy crap. I was like, yeah, you could probably lose 20 or 30 pounds and get a little more chiseled up. Because I have a funny story about Andy with that. Oh, I'm sure. Because I, I have one too. I met him. <laughs> so me and Cameron went to go meet him prior to even signing up with him. Sure. He shook Cameron's hand and he went for my hand and went past my hand and grabbed my love handle. Oh, shut up. Like, we haven't even shaken hands yet. And we didn't even, like, he didn't know we were going to be, like, being uh, trained by him. Sure. And he shook Cameron's hand, nice to meet you. He said, nice to meet you, looked at me. When and Cam, and Cam's fit. Hand. People don't know Cam. A lot of people out here don't know who Cam is. Very, very fit. Very like, fit. very fit. Very yeah. fit. Went past my hand, squeezed the leg. He's like, what are we going to do about this? I'm like, nice to meet you. And then he shook my hand, and I was like, yeah. he's a dick. But then after, like, he's like, what are we going to Like, me and you, man, what are we going to do? Like, here, take my cell. Like, let's do something. I'm like, he cares about me. And and he's living. Does he does he benefit from you losing weight? No, no, not directly. Like indirectly, he knows that you're gonna make more money in your view. But what he wants you to do is he he wants you to see your spouse. He's like, I always tell people, my like, dude, I was like, you should do it. Apart from doing it for yourself, you take your. Everybody has a mirror in their bathroom. Every single there's not a bathroom that does not have a mirror. A, a, a full bath that does not have a mirror, and sometimes a full mirror. Like, you get out of the shower or out of the bathtub every single day, and you look in the mirror. And like sometimes you'll literally lie to yourself so many freaking times that you're like, this is who I am. This is who I'm going to be. This is what I'm going to look like. This is the stereotype. Right? And I'm like, says who? Right? And when he, when he, I, I've never had a coach or a mentor ever affiliate fitness with wealth to the level, to the extreme that he has. This principle is fit, fitness first. Fitness first. Like it is, it's insane. He's like, you get your fitness right, fixes 90% of your problems. And I'm like, He's like, it, it fixes your marital problems, it fixes your, your relationship with your kids, it fixes your relationship with your employees, with your clients. And he's like, another part too, he's like, I walk into the room like this, I have immediate respect. It doesn't matter what you do. You show up, like, whether you make 40 grand or 400 grand or 4 million a year, that I have respect for that dude, because that requires, like we said before, consistency, intentionality, discipline, right? From eating healthy, because you gotta eat healthy and work out, right? But I'm like, who wouldn't love to take their shirt off and look like Andy Elliott? Don't tell me like, well, uh, not everybody wants to look like that. Bullshit, dude. We all do. They all do. You and all do. Your wives do too. They and your spouse. Like yes, your plus one does that. too. Regardless how much she loves you, I love you no matter what. Bull freak. Yeah. Just change a year later. Yeah. Things things will change. Hey, I'm gonna go back to that way. No, 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 no. Don't do that. Just like finances, you go and make your first hundred grand, right? And you're like, well, I'm gonna go back to making forty or sixty. Or it's gonna be like, yeah, it's a great idea, babe. Let's do that. No one's going to do that. I'd be like, hey, what's the next time done? When's the next and the next and the next? And it's not a matter of like, uh, my, my wife and I have had a lot of these conversations of me me not being content. Like, Jason, you always want the next thing. You want the next thing. You want the brightest, shiniest, fastest, biggest summer truck outside, right? You like, I'm like, yes. Like, why is that a bad thing? She's like, you can't just like chill. I don't want to chill. You can chill. That's, I'm not, it's not, you're not bad for chilling. I don't want to chill. Like, I have, how many kids do you have? Four. I have, yeah, four. I have four, I have five kids. I have four with Heidi. And I've literally, the most time I've spent at home, I think it was four days. After having a baby. After, after four days, she's like, dude, get out of here. Like, you're, like, you're, like, because I'm like, dude, like, I gotta, I gotta go, I gotta move, I got shit to do. Like, yeah. like, just sit, just sitting down around the house, like, not my jam at all. It doesn't mean I'm a bad person, it doesn't mean you're a bad person, it's just like, it's how I'm wired, it's how I, it's how I feel fulfilled in life. 
And like, I can't, like, I can't do that. Yeah. And so, that's good. one. Congratulations on losing that. Um, that. That's amazing. So when it comes, we talked about culture. Uh, we talked about you know getting your mind right in regards to health and fitness. Um, you've gone through partnerships and buyouts and all that kind of stuff like crazy in the past twenty four months. Yeah. Without going into details, what what people that are in partnerships? There's a lot of people that I coach that are in partnerships. Uh, husband and wife, father son, uh, just buddies, right? What advice would you give them on how to maintain and have a healthy relationship in regards to partnerships and business? <clears throat> I think it's the, the saying that I've heard more tailored to marriage, but also I've, I've applied now in, in business. But I love the saying that in marriage, you marry two people, the person that they are and the person they want to become. And I think, as I think of any, like the idea of like a new partnership, and as I've met so many people that are going in a lot of different directions in their own, and they're going to be successful, the main thing that I like use as my filter is who are you now? Like, what are your principles for like how you treat your people? Like, how do you do business? But then also, when do you want to stop? And not even stop, but like, when are you okay for this specific? goal or, or company because I've had a few people say hey I have this product that I want to make but I want to make sure everyone I work with is like good for like the grind and I'm like define the grind like what's your grind look like is it very effective communication or is it like you want everyone you partner with to work 12 hours a day on this thing mm -hmm. and that's helped me so much just know like okay what are your intentions with this business and this idea where do you want to go and what do you expect of me having those not even uncomfortable, but having those very specific conversations prior to an operational agreement, prior to anything, goes so much further because when those things aren't discussed and you realize that you have a partner that says, oh, you didn't know that once we make 250 grand each, like, I'm good coasting. It's like, whoa, like. You said coasting? Yeah, it's I'm like. Freaking fight you. Let's leverage, uh, our, let's leverage what we do for eight hours a day yeah. and make 500 grand a year. And and those are the those are the more infinitely more difficult conversations because they involve legalities and courtrooms and things like that. Where anyone that wants to go into business with a partner, I'd say like, who are they now? What do they stand for? And where do they want to go with this thing? And just having that idea of what that person wants and where they want to go can help you immediately filter people out. You say, hey, anything I'm going to do on the side, I don't have ten hours a day. I can't. Or hey, it looks like you just want 50 grand for me to start this and you expect nothing from me and I now filter you through what you're going to go do with it, cool, like, we're on the same page. I like that you bring that up, like setting realistic expectations from day one yeah. in writing. Here's what I always tell people, write down what, you're do, what you are going to do and what you're not going to do. Yeah. Even in your marriage, like hey, I don't, I don't want to do X and Y and Z like me. I hate scrubbing toilets. I actually like vacuuming. It gives me like a, I don't know why. It's, like, it's, I, I it's weird. Like, you'll never catch me scrubbing a toilet. No, because I'm too good. I eat it. I don't want to do it in any way, shape, or form. And I'm like, okay. So I told my wife, I'm like, well, do you want to do that? No. Do I want to do that? No. Then why are we doing it? It's like, okay, cool. You don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. Okay, let's not do that and let's hire somebody to do that. Okay, cool. Done. Right? My wife has the same with laundry, where she's like, I told her for the longest time, I don't want to do laundry. I don't want to do laundry. I don't, not my jam. And she's like, well, I don't want somebody else doing our laundry. That's weird. So I want to do laundry, and I want you to do it with me to show you, me that you love me. 
That's a lot of laundry. I got five, I got seven people in my house, yeah. right? And working out twice a day or, you know, every day, like, doing two or three outfits, every, you know, work stuff. It's like, it's a lot of laundry. But, like, she, because it even says, like, there's there's literally places we'll, we'll come pick up your laundry, go do it, fold it, wash it, bring it back, drop it in a pile on your doorstep 24 hours later for, like, almost nothing. Yeah. Like, suit you. And a lot of buddies that do that, but, like, her thing was, I want, to sh I want you to show me that you're not too good to do those simple tasks. And I'm like, okay, so her and I do laundry together, right? It's just like, it's a thing. And it's, and it, like I said, I listen to AirPods and we'll watch a show together. It's almost like a connection damn thing. Um, when it comes, so when it comes to partnerships, um, we, we talk about in, in business, when it, you have four kids, yeah. how do you still grind it out? You're growing, you're scaling like crazy. You told me your projections are awesome. I love them. Very similar to mine, right? Where we're going, what we're doing. When it comes to that, that requires being very, very intentional about your time. Your time at work, time with your spouse, time with your kids. What What do you do to make sure that you don't and and time for yourself, yeah. right? That's why, that's why, Andy taught me this and I've also kind of tweaked it, but like you have yourself, like you and your, your relationship with yourself and God, yeah. and then your spouse, your kids, and then your business, yeah. in that order, right? A lot of us will get that order mixed up like crazy. What do you do to make sure that you don't get those priorities mixed up? Um, I think one of the principles that I put a title to it later, which is like, take take your family with you. Mm -hmm. But I feel like because of my father, so my father is a entrepreneur, but he chose, a, he chose the entrepreneurial life because he wanted to work every day till one or two o'clock and be home for every time we walked through that door. And that was, that's what he wanted. Huh. But because of that choice, uh, he never really maximized on leveraging what he did between 8 a.m. and 1 p.m. And he always made the same income. I had a great life, but it was, you know, by any means, it wasn't, you know, extravagant. And sure. so for me, going into this business, what I've noticed amongst top performers that was something I was actually already doing because of my dad and how important family was is that any opportunity that I had for my kids to be present with me. I'm like, okay, if I'm going, if, if I'm done with my route and I'm gonna go to the office to organize all the paperwork that was done and bill everyone and do that, my kids can be around me. And so I'd call my wife at the time, I'd say, hey, can you drop the kids off at six o'clock? You go home, be alone, do, you know, get away from the kids. Yeah, and they're at the office with me now and I'm not giving them my full attention, but now my 10 year old still to this day remembers three, four, five years ago, being at the office with me. I'm at my desk, they'd get little micro moments, I'd be hanging out, but I now got what was, I would excuse saying I'm busy, I now got these little moments where my kids are hanging around the office, they're now meeting employees, they're talking to people, you know, I have my new babies on my lap as I'm doing paperwork, and so I would say take your family with you, especially like a spouse for goals, and especially what you're capable of doing, I remember in the first year I'd tell Carly, I'd say, hey, if I try walking through our front door before 6.30 p.m., don't let me. And she held true to that. Like, there'd be days where I'm like, it's 6.05. I don't know what to do, like, go do, you You, you should know what to do. But that's true, yeah. I would say to anyone, take your family with you, make sure that your spouse knows the direction that you want to go, and stop kidding yourself that you can't include your kids in some shape or form in your business because 
my managers that were with me five and a half years ago, like my kids are like, oh, Auntie Sherry, like they know, they know my managers and, and my managers know my kids and there's more buy-in because hey, that single mom that's a CSR at Coconut that her babysitter called out, guess what? You can bring your kid to work if you would like. Sure. Or you can call out whatever you need to do. And we have ki- we have we have kids at the office, and I love it. And I I remember never kidding myself that I'm so busy that I can't do it. Or days I would just go home at five and push off the admin work, but then I'd go back to the office at ten or eleven. Wife's asleep. Okay, I can go back now. That's when I can do it. I don't have to kid myself that. I'm so busy that I can't do this thing a little bit later when everyone's asleep. And so take the family with you, and then as it pertains to your employees too, or, 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 or friends too, like, this is what I'm doing, and this is where I wanna go, and you find out who wants to support you and who doesn't, and that's also a very like easy way to say, hey guys, like, if I don't respond, I'm just a little busy, this is what I'm doing, I'm nothing special, please don't give me the, oh, I'm not. I'm just like, I'm swamped, and so sure. here's some ways that you can love me and let me know because we've been friends for 15 years like how I can love you with the time that I have. And that's that's allowed me to keep a lot of friendships just being open about what my whereabouts are for the last six months and where I'm going. And I have some friends that say, hey man, it means a lot when you just like respond to my meme that I sent. I'm like, oh cool, like if that's how you want me to love you right now at this time in my life, yeah. And it's allowed me to reconnect now six years later where I have more time and people didn't think that I just like ghosted them. But then there were also people that didn't have my best intentions and it was easy yeah. to like a butter. Yeah. 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 That's that's it's it's crazy how you mentioned you went from office, family to literally friends about business. Yeah. And I wanna make sure very clear that people hear that is when you tell people I, I people do like oh, I was like, why didn't you? And I'll ask him, hey, why didn't you invite me? And I was like, oh, dude, you're, you like, dude, you're like, you're so busy. Like, I don't think you'd even want to come. And I'm like, I appreciate that. So it's like, one, it's a compliment. Like, hey, you should be doing that too, right? Yeah. But also like, hey, ask me if I can, and more than willing to. I get asked to golf two, three times a week, and I say yes, like once every two weeks. Yeah. Um, because I'm like, dude, I was like, that's three to four hours. To, you do like, you do that, you know, three or four times a week, like. <laughs> It's a half your work week, right? It adds up for sure. And um, but when it comes down to it, the part that I've seen is when you also communicate with them, like, hey, this is a season that I'm in. Like, I, I so I do a lot of golf tournaments, like charity golf tournaments, I'll, one a month at least, especially when when the weather's good. It's almost like one a week. Like sponsoring a golf tournament. Sponsoring a golf tournament, and then we get a foursome in return. And so, nice. but like, I I have one that's on. If it's during the week, I'll go. Not a problem. Piece of cake. I'll bring a client, bring an employee, yeah. right? Yeah and incentivize somebody or uh, bring them on if they hit a goal or something. Um, but like, oh, one of Andy Elliott's things on Sunday, I'm like, dude, I'm out. I was like, no, I, you know, if I'm traveling and it's, you know, in Florida and it's this different conversation, but like, it's just, it's a one day with Ryan Stumlin, but it's, uh, it's all day Sunday. I'm like, dude, I was like, I'd rather spend time with my kids. Yeah. My business is not gonna collapse because I didn't go to that one event, right? Um, I just went to Andy Elliott's one with uh, Tim Grover and Coach Burt, Michael Burt, yeah. two weeks ago. Well, it was my son's first football game. Before, pay attention to this. Now, to each their own, by the way. Like you, your wife, your kids, relationships. I'm just telling you what works for me, right? Uh, Cash, my eight-year-old, first football game, tackle, first time playing tackle. 
and it has his first game, and it was at 8 o'clock in the morning. Well, the event started at 8 in Fountain Hills, and this was in Queen Creek, out by my house. So it's like 45 minutes one way, apart from the game. Game's two hours. So I leave it at 10, get there like 10.45, basically 11 o'clock. I lost three hours. The old man was like, dude, I was like, I missed three hours, and I paid thousands of dollars for this thing. It was like a $100 ticket. Paid thousands, plural. But I was like, what was more important that, for those three hours? Am I going to remember those three hours? Like, oh, I missed that million dollar nugget in those three hours? Maybe. But me personally, that those three hours were more important to be there for my kid and my, and my wife showed me that I support him because he saw that I was there. He gave two shits about me going to that mastermind. Yeah. He gave two shits. Yeah. That was all day Friday. I was there all day Friday, including their crazy ass workout thing. If you ever do that, by the way, yeah. you ready to throw up. Yeah. You done it? Yeah. Oh, dude. I almost died. Yeah. It was insane. And I'm like, I'm not a fat dude. I feel like I'm somewhat fit. Yeah. Still what my ass. Absolutely insane. Justin Cross. Douchebag. Love him. Um, but that, that's what it comes down to. Is like I, I was there all day Friday, did the workout thing that Friday night. But Saturday morning, I told my wife, I said, hey, I need, uh, she's like, you need to make this a priority. I said, I completely agree. Before I did, before I was like, nope, I'm going. So there's animosity between my wife and I. And then my kids see that I'm not there. It's like, oh, but it's for work. It's for work. I'm building a dream. I'm building a vision. It's like, are you though? Or are you really just stroking your own ego? Right. right? And by the way, you can do both. Because I left, I went back. I was there at 11, from 11 to like 4 or 5 o'clock. I still got six hours in that second day, apart from the whole day on Friday. But I was able to make that three hours really, really important for my, for my wife and my kids. Yeah. So those that are listening, don't think, like people that say that, it's absolute bullshit. Now there is a season. Yeah. I will admit that, just like you had a season. I had a season where I was working 12, 14, 16, 18 hour days before I got married, when I was married, when we were having babies. But I set the realistic expectations with my wife that it was a season. I no longer work 12, 14, 16, 18 hour days because I have built and established a team that can help me accomplish those things and not have to go work that many hours. I can now hire people to help accomplish those tasks. Did you did you feel like you did a good job at defining the duration of the season or a certain like threshold for which you knew you would then you know, delegate to somebody else and hey, at this point I would then hope to start coming home by five. Like, did, that, that was a learning process for me, which was defining the season too. Yeah. Like, also making terms in the season. So it's like, hey, this is my ass, what's your ass? And she's like, well, yeah. the two hours I do get with you, no fun. I'm like, done. It's funny you say that. So one, I sucked balls at it for eight and a half years. My wife listens to all my podcasts. Sucked absolute balls for eight and a half years. Very tenacious. But she did know that, like, she also knew, like, starting a business, rice and bean, rice and bean in it, as we call it. Like, it, it was a thing. Um, but I didn't set realistic expectations with timelines of when that season would be done. And so when we started State 48 in, in four years, like I said, you go from zero to 10 million in four years, like it's, it's a, lot of, a lot of shaking and baking, right? A lot of moves. And so as we, as we did that, she knew that, but I had that when we started it, I set those expectations. I was very clear. I said, hey, this is what it's going to look like. It's going to be ugly, because, but I want to build this. And once we do... We can go do the trips, and I can do this and do that. So after three years, for lack of better words, because we're on year four, after about three years, she's like, hey, five o'clock, because at five o'clock I was rolling in on my phone, finishing up with the client, finishing up with an employee, and on my phone. She's trying to get dinner done, or she wants my attention, my kids want my attention, and I'm like, hey, like, hey, shh. I just did the other day, and she's like, no, you, sh-. she's like, get the hell out of her house. She's like, kick me out of the house. She's like, you're on a work phone call. You come into my house, into their place. Screw you. You get out. You go finish your phone call and you come back in. And like that takes balls as a spouse to be able to do that. 
But she literally put her foot down because I was abusing it over and over and over again. Like, oh, I'm going at five. I'd roll in at five ten, five twenty, five thirty, right? It's like, well, you said five. So are you really home at five or are you be home between five and six? Right. It's like, if you're saying, I didn't tell you five, you told me five. So if you tell me five o'clock, fucking show up at five o'clock. And I'm like, okay. So I do that. So I didn't even, even give myself a parameter. I know from my house, from my office to my house right now is like 29 minutes with no traffic or the standard traffic, no like crazy accidents or closures or whatever. And so I give myself 45 minutes to an hour. Hey, I'll be home 45 minutes to an hour. It's only taking me 30. But what happens is I was saying, hey, I'll be home in 30 minutes. Any like extra red light, school crossing bullshit, construction, yeah. and there's an accident on the 60, right, or 202. And so then, then I'm go home, you know, in the doghouse because I told her, because mentally, this, this is just for me, not for everybody. Mentally, my spouse convinced to me being home to where she can get a release and get help at five o'clock. At five o'clock, that, that, that like microwave, bing! Wait, wait, the food's still cold. Like, it's supposed to be warm, yeah. right? It's not cold, what happened? And so, but, so when I say, hey, I'm gonna be home at a certain time, I'm home at a certain time now. Because I was, what I was doing, I was, I was breaking my wife little by little by not keeping those small commitments. And I, and I broke her, and I did. I almost got divorced because of it. And I almost broke my kids. Um, kids are more flimsy or more flexible, yeah. right? Um, because they don't know any better. But like, I mean, most people know I me mean, know the story, you don't, but like, my kid wanted a little dirt bikes. And he's like, Dad, can we go on a dirt bike ride? And I would say, yeah, absolutely, because I'm, I'm a yes ma'am. And I've changed that big time in the past decade, but I was like, I hate disappointing people. Yeah. Massive people pleaser, and I always say yes to everybody. Biggest, one of the biggest crutches that I've had as a business owner, as a man, as a dad and a husband was saying being the yes man to everybody. You cannot be a yes man to everybody. Right. You can't. Right? And if you do, guess what? You put on hundred pounds. Because yeah. you didn't say yes to yourself. Yeah. Right? Or you say, you know, or you look chiseled, you look great, but you get divorced because you neglected your spouse. Right? Or your kids grow up and you know they're in their teens and they're like, Who's dad? Right. Like, oh you still live here? Type deal. And that's been my thing. I'm like, I don't ever want that to happen. That's kind of been a huge thing for me. Yeah. And so what it, come, what it comes down to is, I, hers was five to eight. She's like, and this is where she said, she's like, I need you for one-eighth of the day. Before she said the time frame, I'm like, one eighth, can you give me one-eighth of your day? Sure, not a problem. I got seven-eighths left. She's like, I need you from five to eight p.m. And I'm like, fuck. I'm like, five to eight. I was like, dude. Like, one, nobody's like jacked up, ready to rock and roll, 100% energy from a five to eight, number one. If you're going, you know, hard from five to five. Yeah. Um, number two, like, they're still wrapping up shit of work stuff, right? Um, from five to eight, at least in my business. Yeah. Um, especially as you're growing and you are wearing all the hats and you're the guy for everything still. And you haven't been able to delegate and have, you know, seven people underneath you and all that. You have one and a half, right? <laughs> that deal. Um, but five days, she's like, I want you, you to, my, our kids deserve five to eight. Give them three hours. They're at school during the day. They're asleep after eight o'clock. Like, give them five to eight. And I was like, okay. And I did it, and then I went to business with a douchebag who told me not to do that, and now he's doing it actually, which is funny. But that's not the point. The point is, is like I made it a huge priority to do that. I got made fun of on stage for that, by the way. For that commitment that you yes, made? five to eight. That's stupid. Like, and they didn't like it, it nonchalant. But I literally have the recording. I watched it the other day. But like, oh, that's dumb. And like, it's you know, does do he'll come in when he needs to come in, and he'll finish up and whatever. He's grinding. He's making it happen. And like, dude, each each person their own. I want you guys to understand that, like, but whatever it is, own it. Like, own your shit. Love Sean Whaley. Call me out. I was like, dude, own your shit. Whatever it is, own it. If you're addicted to porn, own it. If you're an alcoholic, own it. If you're, you know, if you're a douchebag, you're a racist, you're whatever, like, own it. And then fix it. 
But like, we just don't want to own it. We just want to like push it down the side and push down the road and kick it. And so that's been my thing is like, she's like, I want five to eight. And so after 8.01, boom, and my phone away. So I literally had to take my watch off, take my phone, go put it in my room on my charging dock, in my room, and like, I don't, like it's a drug. Right, it just is. At least for me, especially the thing makes you money. Right? Especially when you feel the vibration in your pocket and the phone's not there. You're like, that's a problem. Yeah. Or like you're mentally like, oh, like something like, yeah, or you're, you're like, oh, what's this? Or like, you know, I was like, oh, or how many, how many missed phone calls do I have? Or how many text messages or emails am I rolling to? And all that stuff. Even right now, it's like we've been, you know, ripping for almost three hours. It's like, dude, it's like, but guess, but guess what? Nobody's going to die. It doesn't matter how small your business is. No one's going to die. You might piss off a client. But if you piss off one client, that's your problem. You only have one client, <laughs> right? Haven't you, like, at least for me, I've found even when it's in that situation where something happened with the client, when I'm radically transparent, like, hey, I was spending time with my wife and kids, no one has ever given me pushback after. They're like, hey, like, I, I told your manager, like, they said I should expect they call by 5, it's now 5.30. Totally sorry. I was with my wife and kids. I was with my children, and I'm I'm fully present with you now. I've never had anyone after that say like, "Well, I wish you would have." It's like there's like, okay, well, hey, anyway, and then they yeah. get into what they need to. Yeah. It's like providing that transparency. Yeah. Outside of whoever that person was. Yeah. Um, m most normal humans are okay when you are transparent with them. Yeah, like hey, like I was with my wife and my kids, and when I'm when I'm with somebody, and they'll actually appreciate most most people as long as they're like not idiots, they'll appreciate that. They'll be like hey, I'm 100% focused and dialed in with my wife and my kids for that past hour. I I don't apologize. That I, that's what I was yeah. doing. Some will say I apologize. Why are you apologizing? Like, but when I give you my full attention for an hour and I don't talk to my wife or my kids or whatever, it's like. You, you expect that in return, right? You expect me to be fully transparent and dialed in with you? Cool, I was just doing that with my wife and kids and now I can give you, do you want do you want me half-assed? Do you want 50, 50% of me or all of me? Right. Nobody's gonna be like, oh, I want 50% of you, Mr. Payne. Like, Mr. Richie, I want 50% of you. No, 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 I want all of you. Okay, cool. Then I need all of X or Y or Z. It's like the gym, right? Like, I see kids go to the gym, don't get any bigger. Exact same, go to the gym all the time. Look the exact same, why? Because they're on their phone, they're looking at music, they're scrolling, they're doing reels for 30 minutes. Oh, I was at the gym for an hour. I'm like, dude, you worked out for seven minutes. Yeah. And you sat in the sauna for 10 minutes. I'm like, of course you're not going to get any bigger. Like, you didn't work out any muscles. You were physically there, but last time I checked, just going bing to the barcode or whatever, like, check, you don't get big from checking the barcode. You actually have to lift the weights. Yeah. And so that's my biggest, one of, one of my biggest thing. pet peeves, one of the biggest things I do. When you're there, freaking be there. I take a picture when I'm rolling in. Like an accountability post, and when I'm done, me sweating, and that's it. In the middle, I'm like, do not freaking bother me. Turn on story of the year format, like all those cool like uh -huh. high school stuff. Yeah. Uh, hold you. I'm 33. 33. Okay, so you graduated in 08. 09. 09. Okay. Yeah. So, so that being said, as we as we wrap up, Evan, what would be one takeaway going from, you know, X number of millions to basically doubling it to working in the space? How long have you been in the the carpet cleaning space? Uh, seven years total. Seven years. Yeah. Okay, so the success that you've had in the seven years from literally nothing from scratch to where you are right now, where you're projected to go, what would be your number one takeaway for somebody that is in that same hustle and that grind that you're in right now? Or that you're coming coming out of? Because it's a phase, right? They call them, um, uh, Brandon Dawson calls them breakthrough points. Yeah. Right? You're, you're only through your first breakthrough point right now, right? Um, for me, I had... Like where I'm a very grateful for Cameron 
is he's indirectly taught me the principle of delaying gratification. Mm. And I would say to anyone who is currently in the crying, frequently like step back a little bit and ask how you can be doing better. But also, I, I'm a big believer now in the longer you delay gratification and stay true to tried and true principles, the ROI on that it will increase exponentially as your business grows. And so me grinding on the first year was very proportionate to our revenue. Me grinding with leaders now, the compound effect is is infinitely more than when I was on a van. And me grinding was like getting a job ticket from 200 to 500, like that was hustle. Right. Now my 30 minutes with a leader in, in them translating that message to managers, increasing you know our operations, decreasing expenses, making more efficient op, you know operations, sales, whatever it might be, the the ROI on that is exponentially more. And when that when that comes in, and I put it right back in, even though I want to take it, like you said, like earlier off the podcast, when you had a check in front of you, you could have. But you're like, no, I know that not only do they see what I know, but I know that if I can continue to grind this out and delay the gratification that I could take now, the ROI on that will be exponentially higher than anything that you could imagine at the moment that you could take it. And so delay the gratification as long as possible. Don't kid yourself that you can't go on a vacation at year three or four. Take that vacation. But... Put on the calendar. There's a hundred grand, and there's a difference between taking that Hawaii vacation and expensing that for five, seven grand, than taking the full hundred thousand, two hundred thousand in profits. Right. Like, there's a big difference. Yeah. And I know that I know that more owners than I speak to than not kid themselves that they have to take all the profits versus like, what is, what does your spouse really need? What do your kids really need? Yeah. There, there's no need for them not to have a Christmas. Like. Take out the thousand bucks, fifteen hundred bucks. Make sure that at Christmas. Make sure you go to Sedona every once in a while. But you pretending like you need the four hundred grand, two hundred grand in profits. You don't. Just delay it. Keep right. pouring it in on the things that are working and everything that you want. I think I'm almost certain it will be on the other end of as long as it's tried and true and it's ethical and you're being honest about it. The longer you delay, the better it's going to be. Yeah, so delayed gratification, I love that. That's huge because when you truly understand that, when you delayed gratification, like you said, it doesn't mean that you can't do fun things as you're growing your business and as you're living it. Like put that vacation on the calendar and do it. Like I'm going to LSU Miami football game in Baton Rouge oh, nice. in November. It's yeah. my it's my one of my dad's bucket list. Yeah, freaking AS, diehard ASU, go Devils. But freaking just football here is just not the same yeah. compared to SEC yeah. football. My dad's been wanting to go forever, and I literally put it on the calendar. I have three work event type stuff on that weekend, and I was like, "No, no, no!" Like, dude, you got to be here. I'm like, "No, dude, you got to be here." I'm like, "Dude, nope." Put it on the calendar. Me, and my wife, my kiddo, Cash, and my mom, and my dad. We're going. I'm taking them. I'm like, "Yeah, let's go." But like, because what's gonna happen? I'm not gonna remember that that thing that happened that weekend. I remember that trip forever. Yeah. My eight year old son is gonna remember that trip forever. My dad, who's he's not he's not dying by any means, but in his sixties, like. He's never gonna forget that, right? And that's an experience that I'll cherish forever. And so, like I said, that Disneyland trip or whatever, you can do that. But like I said, people think these trips cost fifty or hundred thousand dollars, dude. Like they're nominal versus you pulling out a big old fat chunk of cash and like destroy your cash flow, right? <laughs> Number one, and, or your cash flow projections. And 
like go and go and do those trips because you want to make sure you take care of the ones that love you because not if but when you get in a bind or when you're at the ER or when you're on your deathbed, no those people from that weekend, those people like there nobody's gonna be there. Yeah. Your wife and your kids are gonna be there playing some bots in. Yeah. Like I, I don't I've ne- I mean maybe a business partner, but like a client is never gonna be like, Oh, you're gonna have clients coming to your deathbed like, Oh man, so sorry about your accident or about this or that or you're you know, he's gone tomorrow. It's like, oh bummer, or sell my warranty, yeah. right? It's like so Tim, I'll end with this. Tim Grover taught this. I don't know if we said this off camera or on camera. I'm going to say it again. Tim Grover taught this, I think, at the Limitless event with uh, Keaton, but also at the mastermind I went to two weeks ago. And he said, be careful. You only have so many heartbeats left. Be careful who you spend them with. Right? And I was like, oh, my gosh. He's like, who are you spending them with? Now, are you spending quality ones with people that you want to collaborate with, quality friends? Uh, your spouse, your kids, right? Or are you doing it on stupid shit, right? So like, be very intentional of who you're who you're spending those because you don't know when your last one is, right? He coached Kobe Bryant, you know, gone, boom, 42, 43, whatever, just guns up. So you don't know when your last day is. So that's why I always talk about reach your true potential, um, become the best version of yourself. I tell that every single day to my employees and anyway I talk to. Become the best version of yourself, reach your true potential, and then your goal as a business owner is to take your business, your family, and your income to the next level. Yeah. Like, if you do that every single day, like, that's why they're like, Jason, why do you go 100 miles an hour? I'm like, dude, what if I'm gone tomorrow? What if I, and I've been going 50 forever. Like, I'm not, I can't go, I can't go 100 anymore, I'm dead. But like, go, go all out, man. Go all out in everything you do. Like, go all out and do everything you can and, and live your life to the fullest every single day because you know when your last day is. Delayed gratification is huge. And I totally believe in it. I've done that with my company for the past four years, and I could have pulled out a crap commas and zeros out of my business, but instead I keep dumping it back into it to help to hire more people, have more employees, you know, help them reach their goals, yeah. right, and help grow the business instead of like, oh man, we're super tight, super tight, super tight, because Jason pulled out all this money for for what? So I'm gonna set a bank account so I can go buy you know some toy that I'm gonna use twice a year, like not to each their own, but that's not my jam, right? So, anyways. Evan, appreciate it, dog. Yeah. Thanks for being on. And um, Evan Richie, guys, uh, owner of Coconut Cleaning, him and uh, him and Cam there. And I appreciate you for coming on and jamming with me. And we were supposed to record three hours ago, but we just started talking. Two hours later, we blinked. And I'm like, oh, we should probably press record now. So Thanks appreciate you, brother. And uh, yeah, those that are listening, uh, there's no feed, there's no commercials, there's no ads. All I ask in return, share it with a friend, share it with a business owner, share me. There's we, we always. It's not just about business too. It's called sexy business status. It should be called like sexy life status yeah. because we talk about you know your relationship with your spouse and your kids, being a great dad or a great mom, being a great spouse, and apart from the business side of things. So share that with somebody that needs it, um, and uh, leave us a review. Appreciate you all, and uh, don't forget to be great.